Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Have you been a victim of a scalper and now you wander lost in the wild and fear that the toys you're hunting for will forever be out of your reach? Well, my fellow toy junkies, fear not. I have the answer. Well, actually, I don't, but these toy store owners do. Find them with me, Bevan, at A Toy Store Near You, the podcast. Welcome to A Toy Store Near You podcast. It is a companion podcast to A Toy Store Near You's series, now available on Amazon Prime, which you can also view on YouTube. I am your host, Bevan, and today we are chatting with Terry and Liz Taylor of 1313 Mockingbird Lane. Yeah, what's up, guys? How are you doing? We're doing good. We actually um, just opened up in a new location, three doors down from our original store. We went from 280 square feet to 560 square feet. As you can tell from watching the episode, you know, we're in the medical field. And when this is going on, when you have a 280 square feet retail spot, you can't really social distance. Yeah. Oh, not at all, guys. So out of more like necessity, we just decided, you know what, we really want to try and keep people safe whenever they come in and shop. And so we immediately started looking at other opportunities around on the street that we were currently Mm -hmm. on. And literally, it was just like Mm -hmm. the clouds cleared and the spot just a couple doors down opened up. And it was so perfect for what we wanted that we just couldn't pass it up. Yeah. And the, and the landlord for this building, we know real well, and he's a saint and he gets small business. He gets what we're doing. He's a, he was a big fan of the, of the other store, the other store. So he's worked with us on a bunch of different levels to make this happen. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. face it. Retail. We're not making more money than we were pre pandemic. So mm-hmm. the thought of moving into a bigger space with more expenses it's, was it's pretty stressful. Scary as all yeah. get out. So far we opened up last weekend and it was gangbusters, like tons but, of people, but able to stay apart yeah like nice yeah yeah yeah, it was really nice had people wait outside to come in yeah it was pretty awesome That is amazing. Well, congratulations, because that was one of the questions I was going to ask is like, where are you guys now from the episode that I just watched? Right. And you oh, guys are in a brand new spot. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah, Literally, this is our seventh day here. That's your <laughs> seventh day here. Congratulations. <laughs> it's always nice to see that businesses get an upgrade, especially yeah. during this time of pandemic yeah. and all that stuff. So We have to say a huge, huge thank you to Brian and everybody at Nacelle that has done this for us. And Rich. We, and Rich. We yeah. could not have done this without them no. they, they literally have been game changers for us and and we just can't say thank you enough mm. truly i could say thank you every day <laughs> we kind of do already but well guys talk yeah. me through that a little bit because a lot of people are not aware of the behind the scenes of the making of this show and the process that it- we had to close for quarantine and everything so i was doing part-time hospital and then full-time store but then when we closed i went back to full-time hospital and i guess more part-time store so liz and i are both working part-time in the medical field working overtime working way too many hours and then rich called us about film you know we had to film the episode by ourselves all night essentially and then we would send them the footage uh, either brian or rich would be like hey scene a b and c is awesome scene three or like scene d can you Add expand- extra yeah. yeah and so we did that what for two months yeah or whatever and um balancing keeping the store going mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
dealing with COVID patients. Right. And then filming the thing was pretty grueling. It was a lot of work. <laughs> but I, I mean, but we love it. Like, it was worth it. It was yeah. 100% worth it, but yeah. It, it was, was it was a long couple months. I mean, there was there was times where I remember talking to Brian Volkweiss and just telling him how hard it was and everything. And he just was like, Terry, if ever looks like your store is going to close or it's too much for you, you need to call me. Aww. Like. Just to support. have that support was yeah. so incredible. I'm literally getting teary-eyed right now. Like, Rich and Brian were always, I mean, I would send them text, call them, emails, and I'm sure me and 600 million other people are getting a hold of them during this whole process, not to mention all the other stuff that you guys do. On it. Yeah, like, answer right away, never see there, and I'd be like, I'm so sorry if I'm bothering you. They're like, you are not bothering us. <laughs> like, you know, they were just so sweet. But yeah, it was a, it was a crazy process. Yeah. I mean, and sure. and we the whole time doubted ourselves. Like, are we even doing I know. this? Literally like, <laughs> everything that we shot, we were like, this is not good. We're like, oh, and I, nobody's I, gonna get this. I like, think we just kept trying to do things different each time, or like do it constantly, which is probably why we were so exhausted doing it. But but yeah, the whole time, whenever we would send something, and we both were just like, well, I hope this turns out okay. <laughs> we just we just I mean, they tried to direct us. Yeah, um, but how, but they really gave us kind of free reign to do yeah whatever. They kind of gave us a loose idea of what it is that they wanted um, for the structure of the show but otherwise just said you know have at it well then when the first episode came out with billy galaxy and he we don't have employees it's literally me 99 percent of the time but yeah. liz does so much behind the scenes well can you expand on that what does liz do behind the scenes so mostly i'm sort of like he calls me the the director <laughs> just because more like the style of the store like how things are set up there's like a section that we have that's all gothic Oddity. oddities type stuff mm. and that's 100 just uh -huh. me just to sort of give a little something different for people that whenever they come in, it's they there's always something unexpected. It's not just toys. There's always something a little extra. Yeah, that's um, why it's always been toys and collectibles. Yeah, because I managed uh, a record store back home for a long time, and we always like we had records and stuff, but posters, spikes, studs, patches, stickers, with whatever we just whatever the wind was blowing, we carried in the store. And realize that our store was going to stay around. Mm -hmm. um, we don't want to be defined by just as toys. So we just started being like, well, what do we like? The store literally, I feel like, has no definition of what it is. Yeah. We try to keep it kind of open-ended a yeah. little bit. <laughs> but, but Liz helps with that. Like, like there's like coffin bins, coffin shelves, oh, um, nice. different things. That was all Liz's. So I build idea. a lot of stuff. I make stuff. I, I sew. Oh, I, I do a lot of art. So a lot of that part is 100% me. Mm -hmm. Like the design of everything that's in here. Uh, but then I have like my own personal art stuff that I sell. I do some taxidermy and stuff with like animal skulls and stuff like that. But that aspect is how I sort of bring myself into here a little more. But yeah, it just sort of helps to sort of come together as like a, a communal project between the two of us. But she hones it in so it's a man cave that's also friendly for other people. Yeah, it's a little, <laughs> it's a little nicer to look at. Right. Yeah. It's not like a dungeon game room. Like a, people can come down and actually visit and stuff like right. that. Yeah, yeah. But Although dungeon. The last store was only 280 square feet, but we had an 800 square right. feet basement. And we called it the dungeon. Had like these really rickety stairs that you literally had to like go down really slow. Otherwise, we go head over tea kettle and just go rolling down. There's and all these hanging huge. Beams. Yeah. And so Saturdays at the store are really busy. And so one time um, I had these three foot high kiss mm -hmm. figures. And since the store was so small, I could only display one and the other three were in the basement. And with a note that said, hey, there's a full mm -hmm. set. You want the full set? Let me know. So it's a busy Saturday, packed, working by myself. Guy comes in. He's like, I want to buy all four. I was like, great. Uh, the other three in the basement there's like 16 people in a store the size of a teacup and but I don't want he's like well I can I can maybe just come back which to me means they never come back 
and it's a big sale, story. you know. So I ran downstairs, I just nailed my head on a lead pipe. I'm bleeding, and I yelled a very profane word, and no one upstairs heard oh. it. But my neighbors in the business next to me, the music shop, Supersonic, immediately came in and were like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> and I'm like, "What do you What do you mean?" They're like, "You yell." Meanwhile, I'm trying to like cover up the fact that I'm bleeding <laughs> while I'm trying to run the store. And the first thing people asked us, it's so funny when they found out we were moving, is, is there going to, because the dungeon was this mythological creature that went with the store that. That no one's ever actually seen yeah. other than us, but we talk about it all the time. Everyone's so. like, oh, I bet you have. It's a, like an uh, urban myth. Yes. yes they're exactly. like, all the time, like guys, especially Star Wars vintage guys come in. Like, I bet you got a, a 1982 Boba Fett with the, like, they just like hidden in the dungeon. I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe. knowing full well that <laughs> it's not there, but. But it was just this myth of everyone like they want to see what's yeah. down there. So when we told everyone we were moving, they're like, "Was there a basement? Is there a dungeon?" I was like, "No, but we do have like a twelve by twelve room here that's pretty dungeony." And so we put a dungeon sign on the door. Now everyone's like, "Does that go to the basement?" No. Well, maybe it could. You'll never you know. And then you wave your hand and go like, "It's not the dungeon you're looking for." Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Did you guys film on iPhones or did you do an actual camera? iPhones, completely mm. iPhones. And we didn't know how it was going to turn out quality wise. And it was a little bit of trial and error. There were a few shots that we sent in that were didn't turn out too good because mm. it was either turned the wrong way or on the wrong setting. And it was fantastic. The things we flubbed and sent in, we sent vertically rather than horizontally. He filled in with the comic book electric. Yeah, yeah like when you're getting dressed to go to work. Yeah. Well, we filmed that. Then I sent it off. And then we were we got down the road like a couple weeks. And I, for whatever reason, I was reviewing footage we'd sent them. And I was like, gosh darn it. We, I said, they're probably not even going to use that now. Yeah, because, because it was going the wrong way. And then, then sure enough, an episode pops up. When we were waiting for our episode to come out, we were like, our episode's going to be boring. Like, it's just us. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, literally, we were just like, we just had to be like, no, we're our own thing. We can't yep. compare ourselves to anyone else. Yep. You know, and, and then when we saw it, we were both crying by the end oh, of yeah. that. We it was were just so good. Like, we were so happy with it. Yeah. <laughs> Billy called me at the shop. Episode came out. And he was just talking and we were talking about like some D&D stuff and whatever stuff he was looking for. Because Billy used to be a musician. And then the gentleman in the next episode, does, I think the one that was in England, I think he didn't talk about it, but I think he's also a musician. Billy was saying that everyone that had been so far had, had been, all been in bands. So we were talking about doing a toy store virtual <laughs> band or something. But you know, it would be like a dad band where it's just like, you know, a bunch yeah. of old kids yeah. that just want to like hey. play in the garage and hang out. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm still 16. Yeah. <laughs> but I think there's a very big correlation between just collecting culture as a whole, between music and collecting. I think many musicians are youthful and playing music and bonding with people keeps you young at heart. It keeps that that drive alive to not give in to the society norms that, well, I'm I'm old now. I gotta hang up my vans and my skateboard. Yeah, and... I've been wearing the same shoes since high school. I'm 47. <laughs> he literally has the same wardrobe he's had since yes. he was like 15 yes. years old. So. It's funny, people that- <laughs> Which, I mean, I can't say much because I am too, so. <laughs> yeah. But Toys has that same mindset of it keeps you young and it's something for you to, to bond with other people over much like music. A lot of people who are music fanatics, they collect records, yep. they collect the media. They aren't so much about the digital, they're more about the right. actual physical record that you can hold. And I think that's the same thing with toys. You want the yeah. actual thing to have to remember whatever thing it is that you love so much to have hanging on your wall or on your shelf that you can look right. at every day and make you still feel that little flutter, that little mm -hmm. warmth that just makes you happy. So yeah, I, I can definitely see that those two things are like, well, go together. It's funny because 
like when Liz and I first uh, started dating, I was touring eight months a year. The funny thing with bands I play in, I was always the only collector in the bands, but every tour I would load up three to four empty bins in the trailer to get records, posters, or toys. And when we would go stay somewhere, if I had records or some fragile toys, I was like, nope, those gotta go into the room with us. So they wouldn't either get too hot or too cold. And it's just like- Screw so, my instrument. I know, I, I know. And I think, toys. I like, but man, I, I just loved it going to other, I do miss that about touring. I miss going to other cities and meeting people and seeing other places, how they sell and set up in record stores. And just mm -hmm. like, the store definitely helped me get a little feel of that a bit because a lot of people have been traveling to the store. It's crazy. The week the episode came out, I mm -hmm. had people drive up from Texas, Oklahoma. Nice. I had some people just by coincidence were driving from cross country from New York. And I guess they were staying in like Joplin, Missouri and just happened to be staying in a hotel room and watched it online. And they're like, well, we're going right by that place. And so we got a lot of people from out of town and people were really patient because I was like, when I knew people were coming from high risk COVID places, I was like, you got to check your temperature. They were very cool with um, doing the precautions necessary yes, to keep that's everybody. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was super cool. But as the store now has progressed and opened back up, I guess, you know, after the, the quarantine, there's been, I mean, I would say 20% of our customers are actually from Lawrence, Kansas, Springfield, Wichita, mm -hmm. uh, Manhattan, Kansas, like all the surrounding Topeka. areas, Topeka, yeah. um, very few, like I have staple customers that are here from Lawrence, but it is literally, it's a low percentage. Yeah. So people drive to come here and it is heart swelling. I get so, I get so because it's like, it means so much to me that these people go out of their way to spend their day or their days to, to get here. And it's. It's pretty wonderful. Like we, I don't know. We don't take it for granted. Yeah. yeah. So since opening back up, um, have you found that you've had to do more digital and virtual sellings like your Facebook live events, which are adorable, by the way? It was such a perfect storm. I'm sorry I dominate the conversation. No, you're fine. So, you're fine. Like, you're fine. He's so cute. Oh my god. Just gosh. kick me if like, we started doing the Facebook live events, which was all Liz's idea, by the way. That's great. But She's been trying to get me to do that. Again, the director. Yeah. She, yeah, yeah. Well, no it's one, what directors are for. Yes, That's right. but no one likes to see themselves on camera. I mean, well, I know I don't. No, but I knew that he he's hysterical and I he always makes me laugh all the time and is goofy and like has, you know, just the ability to, to make anybody smile. And so I just knew like, I just need to put him in front of the camera and try and sell some stuff and just see what happens. And it was literally like this, it just all kind of clicked and we just kind of figured out how to do it. But honestly, like our expectations when we did our first couple were real low. Really low. Like, yeah. I mean, I had toy stores from all over the nation who just happened to see our first couple being like, How did you get almost 200 people to watch your first couple shows? I was like, Uh, mm. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> truthfully, I mean, I run some, some paid Facebook ads. I spent a couple dollars on that, but mm -hmm. we got just really lucky. And then at the same time, we did a couple of live sales is when Rich called me about doing the show. And I think a combination of yeah, the live sales kind of and then the show coming correlated out. Correlated together um, and it worked out perfectly. But I will say after the show came out and with the live sales, I used to ship maybe... 10 packages a month. It's never been a priority of mine. I like, I want to like see people and talk to them in person. I've, yeah. I've never wanted to be an online store, but you know, reality sets in when you're closed. Yeah. When you know, you're quarantine, in quarantine. I went from shipping about 10 a month to like 50 a month between the live sales and the, a toy store near you coming out. And we had to stop doing live sales for two months while we were getting ready for the move. Mm -hmm. So now online sales have gone down more to just how they were before. But and we're that, definitely going to start back up again with the live sales. Exactly. In November. Yes, we've got one coming up at the end of this.
this month that we're pretty excited about. I came up with the idea that we uh, make Terry drink really disgusting flavored sodas. And if people buy something. Yes, if people buy something as a way to celebrate. If people buy something, that's great. Yes, because we have um, the street that we're on, which is Massachusetts Street. Um, it's kind of like our downtown where a lot of local businesses are located. We don't really have anybody that's like a big box store in this area, mm. which is really awesome. So it's all local people that run these businesses. And one of our friends has got a soda shop where they have like every flavor of soda you could possibly think of. And so we wanted to support them too. So we went to their store and picked out like ranch dressing. I hate condiments. Hate. So, so, <laughs> so we decided to do these really disgusting flavored oh. sodas and people lost their mind over it they, it was hysterical i was crying i was laughing so hard it watching was, him drink these oh but then what else did you add to it though? oh we did the every flavored bean from harry potter oh, the birdie bots every flavored yeah. bean from harry potter yep through those things so i wouldn't tell him what it was so I would <laughs> and what was the out. first one you gave me i think i gave him vomit yes so so oh, i got no so i i i've been drinking like celery and ranch or some crazy i was already like feeling kind of ill so no. i went down i had to go to the dungeon for some reason i i went off camera you did and yeah so she so she told internet land oh yeah i was like hey give him vomit for the first one so i came back and then someone bought something and so she's like you gotta do a bit you gotta do a bit. all right i thought he was gonna just totally throw because up. <laughs> that was the one we did the walkthrough right uh i think maybe yeah i can't remember i think we did one time where we did a walkthrough where usually we do an hour and a half of predetermined things we're going to sell well we had so many people like we want to see the whole store so we did a thing where i did a walkthrough and i thought the and i thought the walkthrough was going to be like a half hour but no every section people were like what's this what's this oh what's my this? god i want that i want this and so we were on for like almost three hours yes there was a couple times where i just like had to ignore that people bought stuff <laughs> he was I, like in the corner deep breathing i mean i was sweating <laughs> wow it was so bad and then let me tell you it's it's kind of like it's, um, it's like the one thing that everyone keeps requesting for us to do again oh, because so, they just thought it was so freaking hysterical so, so to celebrate our new space then we figured okay we'll go ahead yeah. and we'll, we'll torture terry just a, i'll do that a i'll bit. do that for our customers and our friends because it's you important. should try a uh, different flavor of potato chips especially the obnoxious ones oh well can, maybe we'll rotate between the between the sodas and the potato chips my goal is to get an vomit at least just once was, was, just, well, there just is one like there is ketchup potato chips. I oh saw. yeah, there is. Oh, there's ketchup. all kinds of flavors of potato I... chips and Doritos and Pringles. Oh. You could have just a field day of you eating like an eighth grader. And let me <laughs> let me tell you, thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's one thing I found interesting through the five toy stores that were in the first episode is I think I'm the only store or we're the only store that also sells new stuff. That, like I think everyone yeah. else is more strictly vintage. I, from whereas... what I could tell. It's funny when I opened the, our original thing when opening the store is that we same, we would just be vintage. I have storage units filled with vintage toys. And by vintage, I mean 
I know it's a blanket term for a lot of different things. Yeah, like what? Because I was going to ask you that question anyway. So thank you for answering the question of what you consider vintage. If I truly at the core was like, what's vintage? I'd be like, oh, probably 80s and earlier. If I was on a math test. Yeah, what I remember as a kid, what I feel nostalgic about, that would be vintage to me. But 1990s was 30 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, I was a 90s kid. I get it. So to me, I, I do like, there's some certain Star Wars things that are from like the early 90s. And I'll put vintage blah 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 every once in a while i'll have a purist come in and i was like really it is i mean it's 2020 dude so we we opened the store selling pretty much just vintage or used toys i am okay. a fan new stuff i love neca i love i mean super I, seven yeah super oh my god super seven i'll yeah. buy and funko pops um they just put out so many. And There's people a... want them. That's, yeah. that's the hard thing is that like the really strict collectors want nothing to do with it. But there's so many just of the average Joes that walk by that will just come into our store. And that's one of the first things out of their mouth is, do you carry Funko Pops? And... Do we just go ahead and do it? Bite the bullet and carry something that we don't personally collect? We have like maybe three personally a krampus yes yeah black Phillip, maybe sabrina or something yeah and, i yeah. think literally that's it we have a we have a couple but and again no offense to anyone that collects them it's just not my gig it's not my thing but to give like basis of where we're located we're in the main strip of downtown so during the summer and nice times it's just you know tra- walk traffic and so you get a lot of mm-hmm. kind of that aren't really like at the heart true collectors yeah just curiosity seekers yeah. or you know they they kind of you know like toys a little bit so they'll they'll wander in but that's what they'll buy. That's what they're looking for. And so, but I only carry mm-hmm. like heavy metal yep. or horror based, sci-fi based, a few little Pokemon because I like the little kids to get stuff too. Yeah. Um, Star Wars, you know, like more pop culture stuff. I don't order Bob Ross. I don't order Disney, Yeah. you know, but, but it was kind of like, we only carry the lines of things that we already have stuff of in the store. Yeah. If that makes any that sense. That fits the vibe. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So like you wouldn't walk in and be like, oh, there's a frozen, you know, whatever. Because I have people that will bring in boxes of pops. Like I had a guy that traded in 75 pops a couple months ago. I guess it was more pre-pandemic. So I guess it was more than a couple months ago. And I'm looking through and it's like secret lives of pets, stuff like that. And I'm like, oh man, I, this just isn't fit my vibe, man. You know, and he's like, well, I just really need to get rid of them because I have over 2000 pops and I have nowhere to put these things. And, yeah. I, and I was literally like, thank you so much for bringing them in. I really appreciate it. But I can't, I, I truthfully just can't do anything with these. Like no one's coming into 1313 Mockingbird Lane with the Frankenstein in the window being like, hey, do you have a secret lives of pets, Funko? I mean, <laughs> maybe I have had people come in looking for Barbies and yeah. other stuff, but we do carry like X-Files Barbies. <laughs> That's an exception. <laughs> yeah. Um, that makes sense. But yeah, it's, Funko is a really interesting thing because I feel like they have an incredible business model. They started from a garage. I have mad respect for what they've done to their brand. It is amazing. Yeah. I did not think it would last this long and become they're, the... they're, like we joke about them being kind of the, the beanie babies of the toy world. Yeah, I was about, I was about to compare them to beanie babies a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It kind of is, but kinda but is. so far they've they've outlived the longevity of beanie babies. I mean, they have continued for quite a long time now and they don't seem to be losing any popularity. So no. I think they're going to stick around for quite a while, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. I think social media is helping that. And I think also because they've also started doing like Funko cartoons, kind of like Legos. They've kind of adopted the Lego track. It's true. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So we started once like we realized like, wow, we're going to really alienate customers being on this main strip here in Lawrence by just being like, well, no, it has to be vintage, has to be used or what, you know what I mean? Like, and so we, we started like ordering through wholesalers like Entertainment Earth, Big Bad Toy Store, places like that. 
and just dipping our toes and in, in new stuff like new new black series star wars line and it, i mean now i'm finding that now i'm giving our secrets away <laughs> but <laughs> but people will come in you know because the profit margin on new products is very minimal mi i mean you make barely nothing on new things and then you have to order a case of everything the only way you make money on the case is by selling that last figure that's where your profit is and you don't sell that six you're breaking even or losing money but when those people come in to buy that new Spider-Man Marvel Legend, they're like, oh, Garbage Pail Kids. Oh, Muscle Men. Oh, old 1980s Kenner Batman or something. And then that's where you, where you start to like cover some of your bills. So I really saw a big benefit to carrying new stuff, but I love new stuff. I, I collect, I have a huge collection of newer stuff. But, um, I just had this, I guess, grand vision of the store being just now I'm I'm all about it. I'll carry new stuff all day. Like I actually love it. And it's, it was kind of freeing for me because again, we didn't want the store to be defined. Right. Um, so that opened that floodgates even more to like, awesome. Like this just gives us more opportunity. And especially during the being closed and stuff, um, a lot of people were like, you know what? Screw Walmart. I don't want to order Marble Legends from Walmart. I want to order them from Terry and Liz. And we, we saw a lot nice. of that and then it stuck. And yeah. now we have a lot of people that that specifically come and order a certain toy line from us yeah and they and they know they're paying a little more right because walmart literally sells them for what our cost is people don't understand that like when they go into a mom and pop store and they they see like something that's 1998 at walmart and that store is selling it for 24 dollars mm -hmm. walmart and target no offense to them because i'll buy exclusives from them for myself for my collection you know they buy i guess you know they probably buy hundreds of thousands of toys at once so they they sell it for what we're getting them for you know so there's not a lot of profit in it but i am glad we carry it now sorry that was really long-winded <laughs> this is why it's a podcast it can be as long yeah. as you want it to be uh speaking of yeah. like the new toys though do you guys being toy collectors do you guys have a pre-existing um idea of like what toys will be vintage and will be valuable down the line because you've been in the business for so long like stowing stuff away, like maybe it's worth something later. You mean like a- yeah. Do you guys see anything that's out in the current toy line that's like, I'm going to grab this because this thing is going to be worth something? It's hard. You know what? It's funny. I've had customers talk to me about that. It's really hard to say because I feel like we're living in a culture of disposability right now. A good example is Hasbro started doing these carbonized Star Wars Black Series. And one of the first ones they did was the Mandalorian. People were clamoring for it. And I think it was a Target exclusive. I know I couldn't order it at the time. But then they started with a carbonized Stormtrooper, carbonized Boba Fett. I feel like anything that could be worth something for a particular reason just gets pummeled to death with repetition of them just manufacturing new versions of that. And it's it's really hard. I, I couldn't really name one thing right now that I feel like in 20 years is going to be worth a ton. I feel like there's going to be lost toy lines that haven't sold very well now that will probably be sought after later. I'm trying to think there was something I was just talking to someone about. There's a new Ghostbusters plasma series figures that Hasbro put out. You know, it's your staple crew of the Ghostbusters with Zool and a couple other characters. And then it has a build a figure piece that's the terror dog. It's awesome. But when it first came out, everyone wanted it, but it died like that. Like I'm sitting on like two cases that I can't give them away. Cause I have a feeling that in like, three or four years, you know, there'll be another resurgence of Ghostbusters and people will be like, I never got those plasma series figures. And I feel like, well, guess what? Da -da -da -da, <laughs> got it. You know, but I can't really say I, I see anything right now and I'm probably going to be cursed by other toy store owners who are like, Oh, you're totally wrong. There's these other things. I just feel like everything's just so disposable right now that I feel like I don't know how much people are going to latch on to certain things that will have longevity to make it, you know, in 30 Desirable. years or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like the closest thing I can think is 
maybe some Mandalorian Baby Yoda merch or the child merch. But there's um, so much of it. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually going to ask about Baby Yoda. I was like, uh, Baby Yoda's such a hot commodity right now. Are you are you oh, yeah. grabbing any Baby Yoda stuff to be oh. like, I'm kicking this to the side? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we haven't stowed anything away by any means, but the minute it stops selling, consistently selling, I will store it away for a later date because I do think some of that stuff will have some value later because that has revolutionized pulp culture currently, I yeah. think. You know, it came out November 15th of last year when it premiered, uh-huh. but they didn't have any toys available till March, I think. And so there was no yeah. toys available Christmas season. I definitely don't think Baby Yoda is ever going to get stopped talking about in the next few decades. You know, it just was such a refreshing. It was, yeah, it was, it was like the one last thing that you had to remember that was really nice. And, and when customers would come in, we would just sit and talk like, you know, this year sucks, but hey, at least we got November or I guess I thought it was November at the time, but you know, new Mandalorian, like we all just That's bonded. Like the one thing you could look forward so to. So everyone was looking because movies were gone. Concerts were gone. Hanging out with your best friends was gone. So I feel like as a pop culture collective whole, we had the Mandalorian and the child to look forward to at the end of the year. And truly, I feel like that really got a lot of people to look forward to. It hasn't, I don't know if you've watched both episodes yet, but it hasn't disappointed. I will say though, I love that they made him a puppet. He's so cute. Well, that 11 inch that they put out, that was one of the first ones to come out, looks just like him. And it's amazing. Yeah. Like we have one, Mm -hmm. we put one our door in the new store because we just love him to death. It's really I, mean, cute. I mean, if they would have did CGI. I don't think it would have been as well received. Mm-mm. The question I was going to ask you, but I think you already answered it in the mm-hmm. episode was the conquest toy. Do you have a toy that you are searching out into the ethers and you will climb mountains and cross rivers to find this toy? And I think Terry, you already said that. <laughs> so uh, you know how I talked about Godzilla, Shogun Warrior? Uh-huh. My favorite toy of all time. But there is a companion piece to Mr. Godzilla named Mr. Rodan. And I don't have one. I can go on eBay and get one right now for $4,999. So there's been, there's been one sitting on eBay. There's been one sitting on eBay. It's got rubber bands in his back that help the wings flap. He's got rubber bands in his talons. And he's like Godzilla where he's got nails that break really easy. He's got a beak that breaks really easy in his head. His so, wings always are cracked. So yeah. it's really hard to find one of these guys in good condition. And when you do, they go for a lot of money. Yeah, but that's that's my wow. thing. Is like that one, is the holy grail. Again, like I've seen some on eBay go for eight hundred to a thousand bucks or something. I'm a toyaholic, but I'm also a, I'm a long game kind of guy. I'll be ninety three years old still looking for that Rodan at a garage sale or something. Freddie Pee Wee. Oh yeah, that is, is definitely is the up second. There. Yeah, comes across one. The first thing he does is pulls the string just to check. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used to harass people on eBay even before I had a store. Um, I'd harass them because they would say voice box because their voice boxes never work. And so when you look at an eBay listing, it, it generally always says something like voice box doesn't work or voice sounds funny. I used to be like, hey, could you send me a video of you? Again, most people are like, whatever, dude. Like, yeah, I, I think I only had one lady one time actually, but, but yeah, you know, but Rodan, he is number one. I came so close to getting him one, one year. And he, it had like a few blemishes. It was not pristine by any means. Which but, I don't care about that. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it was like $350. I mean, it was just like, it was so much. But yeah. It would have been like the only thing I bought him for the entire <laughs> Christmas season. Yeah. So, but I ended up losing it. It ended up going for like twice that. So yeah. there was no way I could complain. Wow. With what it was going yeah. for. Yeah. But That's Liz, from- do you have a Conquest toy? You know, I was trying to think about that. Um, I mean, I had like, 
specific toys that I absolutely loved when I was younger. And there was a few plushies that I was really obsessed with. And there's one in particular called Funny Freddy, which Terry actually did a little thing about him on the episode. Well, he got another one. He actually got one for me because I loved this guy. Not, when not I was this little. one. Not this one in particular. Yeah. He actually found another one to put in the store. But I wanted this so bad. And I could, I thought it was freaky Freddy. And so I spent <clears> like so many years trying to find it again and I could not find it and then he actually figured it out that it was actually funny Freddy and he has like these wires in his mouth and his tongue and you can like misshapen him and stuff like this and I just loved this thing when I was little and so he found one. it was like the best thing ever so then we started to decide like oh, okay well they actually weren't that hard to find after all once we knew what it was actually yeah. called he's just a nice weird thing to have in the store but yeah he was definitely a talking point when we threw our 10 toys that is so cute well guys i'm really happy to hear that you guys got a bigger space and that you guys are still open and you are making sales and stuff like that where can people find you online because you're going to still do facebook live events so we got to yep. know where to find you for that so our facebook is 1313 Mockingbird KS. And then we also have a website, 1313mockingbirdtoys.com. I'm I wasn't able to use 1313 Mockingbird Lane for any of our social media or our websites because it's the Munster's address. We have so many customers and friends that aren't local. Sales are a plus. Yes. But it's not the but reason the interaction we do it. Yeah, that yeah. we actually get, even though it's just through text, is totally worth it. Yeah, and I so. truly mean that. Like it, it's nice that we sell stuff and I, I love that people will support that. But the fact that we get the banter with the customers and, and I, I hate even calling them our customers because some of I them, mean, a lot are, of them are just our friends. Yeah. Most of them just, some of these people become some of our best friends, even though we only see them in the store. We have a whole wall where it's literally just fan art. Like, and I say that, you know, Aww. like as yeah. kind of a fun term yeah. because they're for our friends that literally will just like send us drawings or like Terry has, how old was that? It was a little little boy who I think was maybe like 10 or 12. He drew a portrait of Terry for him and brought him into the store. It was so adorable. Me and a throne. So we have it framed yeah. up on our wall. And so, yeah, just little things like that that people do that are just so sweet. When we had our when we had our first opening weekend, we actually had like three different customers all bring in different gifts for us and yeah. different art. And it was just Aww. such really cute things. Sorry, then, we're undead. Oh, that's so And then cute. this is like, it says established 2017 and it's like this trophy. The local skate store here, they only made three of these decks for our opening. Yeah. We really try and support some of the other local businesses because, you know, they're having just as hard of a time as we are and we want to support them mm. just as much as, as we're getting support. You know, we, we really help each other out in that regard. So yeah, anything we can do to try and push their businesses too, we yeah. always try to include that. I mean, like right now we've got a bin in the front of our store that's Toys for Tots. So people can either buy something from the store or just bring in a donation, mm -hmm. drop a toy off, and we're going to donate all of them um, towards the end of the Christmas season. And then we also have got a dollar bin um, in one of our coffin tables that whenever people buy one of the toys from a dollar bin, that dollar will go towards the Humane Society. And then at the end of the month, we'll tally up all the dollar toys and give a, a large donation of whatever dollar toys were, were bought. So we really try and do things to, to give back as much as possible. Cause That's we so really great guys. Yeah. yeah. We really feel like this community has, has done so much for us yes. that we want to make sure to give back to them too. So. Yeah. I don't know if this store would survive anywhere else. Even though I, I feel like a large portion of our customers aren't necessarily Lawrence, Kansas, 
Lawrence is a destination. So I think people like traveling to come to Lawrence because yeah. our downtown pre-COVID, yeah. downtown was a destination for the Midwest. People loved here. There's cool record stores. The actual, the store we moved into here was called, that used to be called Lucky Dog. And they just moved. And that's how we ended up getting their space. Uh-huh. And they're all local uh, pet supply place, but they bake their own goods and they do birthday cakes and and stuff. So, and they're awesome. There's so many cool businesses in, in Lawrence. And the first day we were ever open, we had neighbors, one business bringing us subs. We had Lucky Dog bringing us Pac-Man cookies for our dogs because Lily Munster will run around in here. But yeah, um, we love this town so much. Like we feel pretty blessed and we want to make sure that we can do whatever we can within our means to, to give back a little bit. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you're already giving back by, you know, putting your lives on the line every day to go and take care of people that are sick of all kinds of, of diseases besides COVID, but COVID being the the dominant one right. that is right. haunting our country right now. Yeah. So you guys are true heroes. You guys are true Aww. Superman and Wonder Womans right there. Mint on a card and loose complete prototypes that are really unique. Great Garlu and me go to this and more at a toy store near you. Subscribe to us too. And like and comment. Yeah.